As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Welcome into this week's edition of Financial Choices Matter. We are into December. We appreciate your time here as always when we talk about investing finance and retirement with Charles Scott from Peloton Capital Management. And this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about end-of-year planning tasks, some things to think about as the year winds down or even tweaks to make as as we walk into 2021. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, always fun to talk about the stuff that I get to do day in and day out, and it makes my wife crazy, but that's <laughs> what I like. So I did both parts of that. I was going to say, which part? Make the making yeah. your wife crazy or absolutely. or the financial stuff? Both of them, right? To, to, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Totally. Why not? Have Why not? fun. You know, Charles, you know, a lot of what you do is about setting expectations when you're working with clients or when clients are even working with you know, an advisor, they should both be setting some expectations about what they want to see and get from the relationship. And I feel like as this year is winding down, that we are setting ourselves up for some unrealistic expectations when it comes to normalcy. Uh, so many people are excited. They're like, you know, only so many days till this terrible year ends, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. And it's like, well, when the ball drops, it's not going to just reset. <laughs> and, no, it doesn't. It'd be yeah, no, magical. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. we got to temper those expectations. 2021 is still going to start off a little rough. We're going to have at least the first so. quarter, maybe even the second quarter of, of more COVID and so on and so forth, right? And then everybody has their fingers crossed and, and science seems to be getting somewhat ahead of this or at least keeping us in the game. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it'll be different going forward, yeah. but it's different all the time, regardless of what's just gone on. Very true. Never, very true. You know, tomorrow's never the same as today, which wasn't the same as yesterday. So, yeah, and, and have as, to, we have to be adaptable. Very much so. And as lovely as a concept, it would be to say that the ball drops, you know, uh, here in a couple yeah. of weeks and everything is exactly back to normal like it was, you know, two years ago, let's say. Great, but I, unfortunately, that's just not realistic. So just make sure, folks, you're setting yourself some some good expectations. Enjoy it, have fun with it. You know, be glad to let this year, you know, to ring out this year, so to speak, as we're all kind of looking forward to it ending. But uh, at the same time, let's not get ourselves too far off in the weeds. And with that said, let's talk about end of year planning. Some from a financial relate uh, standpoint, not necessarily a an emotional one. Uh, let's talk about a few things here. I got a checklist for you. I want you to run down. A couple of items that you think might Super. be good for folks and give us some things to think about. If we can, and we're still working, should we be maxing out our, our uh, retirement contributions, Charles? I'm going to give some short answers to this, and then I've got something to say as we get through this list of a few things. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. If you, can, if you can afford to do it, you should do it, for sure. Whether you're doing a traditional, uh, if it's a 401k, if it's a traditional IRA contribution, a Roth, whatever it happens to be, mm-hmm. if you can afford to do it, do it. Okay. Why not? All right. So, and as the year for a lot of folks, you know, not traveling, not seeing uh, family, maybe not buying as many gifts, so on and so forth, you may actually find yourself a little bit more money potentially to possibly do that this year. So, try to look uh, silver yeah. lining, if you will, right? So, you may not be uh, spending as much on credit cards or whatever, or maybe you can even, you know, pay off some credit card debt, whatever the case might be. You may be saving money this holiday season just from, you know, lack of being able to travel and whatnot. All uh, that's a good All of that's a good idea. All of that's a good All of that is a good idea. <laughs> All right. uh, The CARES Act gave us some various different coronavirus relief things throughout the year. Reviewing that, going through, uh, just double checking some things, obviously, if you're retirement age, no RMD, so on and so forth. Yeah. I mean, that's we 
When that first came out, we touched base with everybody and said, hey, you don't have to do this. We'll circle back to you towards the end of the year and see if you do or you don't. And that's right. exactly what we did. And that kind of leads me to just, you know, that, that process that we went through leads me to the whole idea of there's a whole bunch of stuff on this list that we're going to still talk you know, about three or four more things. Well, you don't have to wait till the end of the year to do this. In fact, you should be doing it all the time. True. And there's one of them in particular that's, uh, but then the next one up on the list is, is tax lost harvesting, which comes up and becomes a big topic at the end of the year. Why wait? You know, do you have something that you don't want to own anymore that's given you a, a, a loss during the course of the year that mm -hmm. you can sell it, take the loss and find something better to do with those dollars? So, you know, the year end planning is important, but the year, the, the year long planning is even more important. And very, I think very that's true. The es I think that's the essence of what we want to try to make sure that you, all of you folks listening to this understand is, you know, you don't wait till the very end to figure out what you should have been doing all the way through. Yeah. And you basically kind of gave a quick overview of that, but for tax loss harvesting, that's a tough one to say for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you, you wind up, so basically you're, you're taking, you're just kind of getting out of the dog that you're in, so to speak, right? Yeah. If you could take a loss, mm -hmm. then you can offset a future gain from something else that you might sell in the future. So it makes perfect sense. Gotcha. You know, and, and it, you know, we do it all the time. So it sounds like a fancy term, but it's really relatively pretty easy. It's pretty basic. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So that was another one on there. That was number three. How about number four here? Uh, should we be looking at or evaluating some options for tax-deductible charitable contributions as the year winds down? Obviously, charities have also suffered this year as well. So oh, yeah. don't do it just Very from the tax so. standpoint. Do it because you want to do it. But should we be looking in, in the event that there is some options? Oh, absolutely. I think that goes along with the next item on the list also. And I'm going to lump these both sure, together. Sure, go for it. And that's you know, can you make instead of getting just a deduction, can you make a donation someplace or purchase something that's going to give you a tax credit? And I'm not a big fan of buying investment concepts that give you credits, but you can certainly in this in, uh, here in Arizona for sure. And I would assume in most other states, like solar could, or something, or you could do solar. You could do you could do a charitable contribution that's a credit. We get Arizona state income tax offsets for oh, making okay. up to certain amounts of donations to charitable qualifying organizations. So all of that should be in the planning of what you want to do with your dollars as you come to the end of the year. And that's when most of the time people will think, well, that's really when that begins to be thought about. And, you know, that's, it makes sense, but you should know that you, if, if we did it last year, we need to be thinking about, are we going to do it again this year? And if you haven't done it yet, then, you know, you ought to consider it. All of these things are worth considering. And because this, from a tax point of view, there's not a whole heck of a lot different this year than there's ever been. But it, all of this stuff makes sense to think about. You don't have to do it all, but you need to be thinking about doing no, it. No, yeah, it's just, it makes sense it, for me. Yeah, some items yeah. on, the, on the, uh, the list there to maybe ask your advisor or talk about uh, as the year's winding down. And to your point, some of these you can really be doing throughout the entire year. But it's yeah. certainly a good idea to have those conversations. And of course, if you're not working with an advisor, maybe you've uh, you're already working with Charles and this, this stuff's already being done for you. Or maybe you've caught the podcast through an email blast or a Facebook ad or something like that. Uh, and that's the case. Reach out to Charles. Have a conversation before you take any action, folks. 480-513-1830 is how you call him at PelotonCapital.com is where you find him. P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N Capital.com. Or like I said, 480-513-1830. And then the final one on my end of year checklist items is the Roth conversion conversation. Is that right for you? Should you be having that and talking with your advisor about, you know, do I need to move some things? Because to your point, taxes is the big deal and we know what they are for now and maybe for another 
maybe another year or two, they may change uh, now that we have a new president-elect, but we'll see, right? Yeah. I mean, I th- that's a conversation we have with everybody all the time. When, there's, when they're first coming on board, we talk about it during the course of the year. We talk about it. We get to the end of the year. We talk about it. It's stuff that they need to know. I mean, if you can do it, and it's totally, it, there's, there's not a right or wrong answer. It's just if you do this and you pay the tax today and you convert to a Roth IRA mm-hmm. um, from a traditional one or from a f- retirement plan, um, or you could convert to it, in, you know, like a life insurance policy that also gives you the ability to all those dollars from that point forward are going to be tax free for you. And so that's the difference. Pay the tax now. If you're in a lower, sure. a lower tax bracket, then well, you're likely to be. Because we know what they are, right? So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, to me, it's driven by there's no point in going from a lower tax bracket to a significantly higher tax bracket just to do this. Right. Unless you're absolutely convinced that tax rates are going to go through the roof going forward. Yeah, and that They're is the other piece of that, right? Is to consider yeah, that yeah, it could change your tax exactly bracket. It. Yeah. Yeah. Are they they're historically low levels. The probability is, you know, and we've amassed huge amounts of uh, you know, national debt. So the probability is, and it's pretty much a certainty that they're going to go up, but how much and when we don't know yet. Exactly. So this is yeah. this is absolutely worth considering and, and having a conversation. You mentioned uh, an in, uh, a life insurance product. Is that like the IUL? Is that uh, what is that? Index Universal Life or Index Universal Life, Whole Life, anything that's got cash value life insurance to it, as opposed to just a term insurance policy, which is just a death benefit. Okay. This helps build up. You know, basically inside it's a it's a a version of an investment account that's in there and, it, and it'll grow. Ta- gotcha. And when you okay. take the dollars out, when you do it correctly, they're tax-free, just like they would be coming out of a Roth IRA. All right. Well, there you go. So some pretty simple, basic things to discuss. So, you know, jot those down, listen to the podcast or re- rewind, play it again if there's something that you aren't sure about and reach out to Charles and have a conversation about it. If it's something that you would like to take care of or learn more about, uh, maybe it's something like the IUL. And since we're talking about these little, uh, what, you know, I, I was that an anagram. Is that what that is? Whenever it's a shortened version for that, or is that acronym? That's what it is. Acronym. 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 Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, while we're on those, I got two for you real quick to also translate okay. for us. And that is a CFP and an IR, excuse me, and an RIA. What yeah. is, what are those? Okay. The RIA is, stands for Registered Investment Advisor, and that's what we are. Well, technically, and I don't want to get into the weeds of how this all works, but I'll do it very quickly. A registered investment advisor, Peloton Capital Management is the company that is registered as an investment advisor, and therefore, that's an RIA. I am technically an IAR, which means I'm an investment advisor representative working for a registered investment advisor. I mean, I own the company, so it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> right. it's, you know, it's, it's really all the same it's thing. It's the alphabet it soup. To, yeah. Yeah, right. it's the alphabet soup of all of this stuff. And that just means you're registered to pro- provide financial planning and investment advisory services. Yeah. Um, and you've got some special things that you have to do that are different from somebody that's just a brokerage firm. Right. And, and you're a fiduciary, um, which you're a fiduciary yeah. and it's part of it's part of the deal that you that that's where you need to go. So that's and I've been I've done this this way for years and years and years. Okay. Uh, I just figured it made more sense. It's the way I wanted to do business anyway. So yeah, we're we're an, we're a registered investment advisor. Okay. And a CFP is different because a CFP, uh, the RIA is kind of a corporate business entity. You know, abbreviation. The CFP 
uh, is a certified financial planner. And that could be, those are individuals. Somebody is that either are or they're not a certified financial planner. Companies aren't gotcha. okay. involved with that at all. So it's a personal designation. And I will tell you the CFP, the Certified Financial Planners Board, has done a phenomenal job of telling you that they are the absolute gold standard in financial planning. And I totally disagree with that. Um, yeah. Well, they spend a lot of money on advertising because we see commercials oh, for that a lot. Oh, yeah. You see tons of commercials for that. You have to do some, it's a pretty serious course to go through and take, and you have to pass it and you have to do continuing ed every year, continuing mm-hmm. education. And that's great. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to practice like a fiduciary, because if you're, if you work for a company that doesn't, that, that you're an employee of, you mm-hmm. have to do what they tell you to do. Not even if you've got a CFP designation. So I'm not knocking it. Um, I just never figured gotcha. out why I wanted to do it because just having the designation doesn't mean you always do what's in the best interest of the client. If you're an employee, you got to do what's in the best interest of the company. And sometimes those are conflicting. Nice. So, well, and that's good. I appreciate you kind of breaking that down because we do tend to hear these as, uh, as folks that uh, are, you know, looking for an advisor or doing some shopping. We'll typically, typically see an uh, RIA or a CFP attached to the end of a nameplate. And people assume that it's some sort of obviously licensed credential or whatever, but it's good to know that one is a bit more geared towards business or corporate where the other one's a bit more of a personal designation. So I appreciate that. Exactly. All right. Well, very good stuff. I'm not a CFP. I never wanted to be one. I don't need to be one. I'm an accredited investment fiduciary and that's just, you know, it's, it is truly fiduciary all the way. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Anyway. And so, yeah. And again, a lot of times there's, and there's tons more of the alphabet soup you get attached to (laughs) your business card. But these two seem to get a lot of the attention, so that's why I wanted to bring it up and have you kind of explain it for us. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Well, let's wrap it up this week then with an email question. So, again, folks, if you got questions or concerns, if there's something on the end-of-year checklist that you'd like to talk about or just in general you've got some questions you'd like to get answered about your own specific financial situation or retirement situation, then reach out to Charles. He's a fiduciary advisor, as we just covered, at PelotonCapital.com. Well, it's Peloton Capital Management, but you can find it at PelotonCapital.com. That's uh, P-E-L-L-E-T-O-N Capital.com, or just call him at 480-513-1830 is the number to call. And we've got Teresa and Glendale with a question. She said, Charles, what's your opinion on flipping houses as an investment strategy? Uh, I got a couple. When have I not ever had a couple of opinions? That's, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, well, first of all, I would say if you know what you're doing, it could work. Okay. If you don't know what you're doing, are you handy? It, Is that it, what you mean? Can you can you fix stuff? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I always tell people, have you ever patched a gunshot hole in a wall? <laughs> and I you, may have said this on a previous you told, podcast. Yeah. But yeah, but honest to God, we have. And if you that's you know if that's where you think it's okay to do. That's fine. You know, if you've never if you've never done this and it just looks really cool to do on TV, trust me, it's it's not. It's a lot of work. It you can make a gigantic mistakes in the beginning. And if you're really, really, really passionate about it, then it, you know it could work. But as a as a sound financial planning strategy and a sound investment uh, philosophical perspective, there's all. I didn't enjoy it. I'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, the, so, sometimes the financial rewards are super. But there's a whole lot more behind the scenes. And if you don't just love it and want to get your hands really dirty and snap fingernails and everything else, I'm always hesitant to uh, suggest people do it. I'm not okay. going to talk them out of it if right. they don't want to talk about it. Right. I'm just going to try to give them the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. So, you know, it's different for flipping than, but you, you got to sell the thing thing. You know, I can buy it, I can fix it. And can I sell it? 
Right. Uh, well, it is a seller's it. market across the country in a lot of places right now, so that's possibly uh, possibly doable. But at the same it's, time, oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of potholes that you can step into or run into if you're not careful. Uh, so, ones. Teresa, if really it's if it's just something that you've just kind of a passing idea on as far as looking for some investment strategies, I'd say get a heck of a lot smarter. If it's to Charles's point, if you're really passionate about it and you've done a ton of work, it can be fairly lucrative for people. But you got to understand what you're doing; otherwise, it can also be just as uh, just as detrimental. Yeah, you see all the people on TV doing it. And trust me, they screwed a bunch of them up in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. To get to the TV show, they've been doing oh, it a yeah. while. They've been doing it yeah. a while. They've made a lot of mistakes and and uh, and they got to a, a financial place where the TV shows came a calling. So yeah. <laughs> it's a little yeah, bit that's different. That's right. That's right. A little bit different. All right. Well, there you go. That's our show this week. Uh, like I said, we are into December. So uh, we hope that everybody had a great Thanksgiving and, uh, and has an enjoyable uh, holiday season. We're going to do one more podcast this year before we wrap up for 2020. We'll do that in a couple of weeks here. So Stay safe and sane, everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't done so yet. We'd certainly appreciate it, and that way you get notified of new episodes as they come out. If you enjoy the content and you pick up a useful nugget or two here and there, you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, various other platforms. But the big three usually is uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, Android or Google Podcasts as well as uh, Spotify. And all you got to do is type in Financial Choices Matter in the search box of any of those apps. You'll see it pop up. And you can subscribe to it that way. Or you can find it all at Charles's website at PelotonCapital.com. That's PelotonCapital.com. Charles, my friend, say hi to your lovely wife for me. And we will see you next time here on the show, okay? Happy to do it. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk to you next time here on Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott from Peloton Capital Management. Bye-bye, folks. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.